You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. L-A-S-I-K, LASIK.com. Have a ton of questions about LASIK? You're not alone. That's why we created LASIK.com. One place where you can go to find every answer to every question on your mind. Like, how much does LASIK cost? How long does recovery take? How do I find a doctor? If you've been thinking about LASIK, go to LASIK.com now. Yeah, LASIK.com. Easy to remember, so you know where to start. L-A-S-I-K, LASIK.com. Grand Canyon University makes earning your degree possible with over 130 academic programs for traditional campus students with more than 80 bachelor's programs offered online. GCU provides you with the personal support you need from complimentary unofficial transcript evaluations within 24 business hours to scholarships, academic support, and your GCU graduation team led by your own university counselor. Find your purpose at GCU. Private. Christian. Affordable. Visit gcu.edu. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. get a t-shirt that says yo 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 at armstrongandgetty.com and i'm wearing an armstrong and getty hat today which kind of makes me a bit of a db wearing uh, hats that advertise my own thing but whatever it's gonna keep the rain off my head today good company man exactly that's all i am so um joe's not here he was just on a little bit ago he had surgery on friday and i thought it'd be an opportunity to uh talk to craig the healthcare guru craig Gottwalls, and we'll uh, tell you about his website and stuff in a little bit just to go through some of the crap that's being thrown around about health care by all the candidates. Craig Gottwells joins the show. Hey, Craig, how you doing? I'm good, Jack. I uh, I made the mistake of listening to your newscast there and hearing about the first Womixon yeah, in exactly. California. Yeah. <laughs> it kind of it started me off with a, a low will to live here on yeah. this segment. <laughs> That'll do it. So I know you've been watching the debates, including the one uh, last week, and they're talking their health care talk, and I always like texting with you because you understand this at the, at the, at the micro level, this health care stuff. What are people saying that makes sense, doesn't make sense, is a complete lie, et cetera? Well, the thing that, the thing that I want your listeners to understand uh, first and foremost is that whether you take the Bernie Sanders approach of we're all going Medicare for all year one, or the Liz Warren approach of we're going Medicare for all by year three, or the Pete Buttigieg approach of we're going to go Medicare for all who want it. Rest assured, that is the same policy that we will be completely socialized and we will all be Medicare for all by 2028. 
If you give them two terms under any of those circumstances, it's, they, they all end in the same finish line. And the reason it's just honestly, the Pete Buttigieg um, even throw uh, Biden in there. Their approach is just politically smarter because they're not telling you they're going to force you onto something. But they know darn well that once they open up Medicare for people that are under 65, for the general public at a whole, they know that they're going to crowd out private medicine. And it's just a matter of four to six years before all private health care as we know it is gone. Okay, so why would that happen? Explain that to me in a way that I can understand. Pete Buttigieg's Medicare for those who want it. I say, I'm not doing that. I'm going to stay on my company's insurance policy. How or why would I eventually end up on the government policy? Well, it's the same fatal conceit the Obama administration had when they said, everybody who likes their plan can keep their plan. Now, some people in the administration may have thought that, but I think, think, honestly, more of them were just uh, cynically saying that. It was a political reason, because... Imagine what happened then. We we rewrote one-fifth of the American economy with 75,000 new pages of laws, rules, regulations, and court cases on health care. We completely changed the roadmap for the, at the time, roughly 50% of people in our country who got health care from the employer. We completely changed every rule, every regulation, every way that was done. And the fatal assumption was, oh, well, all employers will just continue to offer the same plan. Well, of course not. You just changed all of the rules. So employers are going to begin to act incredibly differently. And what happened in in the Obamacare switch was what that meant was passing on much larger deductibles and coinsurance and out-of-pocket maximums to the employees. So the the promise of you like your if you like your plan, you can keep it. I used to say back in 2009, I used to say, yeah, that'll be true if insurance prices never go up. No employer changes its economic reaction, and um, unicorns fly through California like they have now for the past eight years. It's just it's it's completely a misunderstanding of how the market works. So at some point, because as you just explained, when Obamacare hit, all of a sudden, I think this is true for a lot of people listening right now. You spent most of your life with a deductible so low you didn't even really pay any attention to it. To where your deductible is so high, it's almost like you don't have insurance unless something catastrophic happens. My deductible, I think, for my family is $3,500. Well, unless something major happens, I just pay cash for everything. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm just paying for everything. So that changed a lot. So you'd say it would get expensive enough that at some point I would throw up my hands and I would say, you know what, I'm going on the Medicare thing. Well, yeah, exactly. So the other thing we've talked about on your show a lot over the past couple of years is, and, and it's, it's worth repeating because people listening should never forget this. All of the government programs, uh, well, set aside the VA, that's different, but Medicare, Medicaid, and Obamacare, the three big government programs that the public has access to, those underpay providers by roughly 25% on average which then forces those providers to overcharge employers and private plans by about 25%, just so they can be made whole, okay? So now if you rejigger the rules such that more people are going to flood from the employer plans into the government plans, you're going to have providers getting hammered, right? Because now I've got more and more people coming in paying a quarter less than what my costs are. So now I, as, as providers, doctors, hospitals, nurses, are going to have to charge more back to the employers. So you're going to get a death spiral that results because employers are going to be a smaller percentage of employers are going to be consistently forced to shoulder a larger percentage of the price over time. And you're just going to have 
smart employers, imagine two competitors, one who's figured out, oh, I can just give my employees a raise and tell them to go on to the Medicare for all plan. Mm. Or I can continue to pay 10 to 20% increases on my employer health care plan uh, year over year over year while my employer pays my competitor pays no increases right. on his plan. So your boss you comes to, to you and says, over. hey, I can give you a $10,000 a year raise. I'm going to take exactly. you where your health care insurance. Two. I'm going to take you where your health care insurance, but here's the form for filling out so you you go on the government one, which is free, um, and that's I'm going to give exactly you a raise. Right, You're right. You're, a lot of people that's would exactly say yes right. to and that. That's, and that's the number. And if And now people say, well, Bernie might say, well, we'll make that illegal. We won't allow employers to just dump employees onto the. Well, I I don't think Bernie would say that, but maybe Elizabeth would say that. Right. So then maybe they make it explicitly illegal for you to just give an employee a raise and push them over there. Well, you do it as an employer. You do it another way. You increase the deductibles and the copays even higher to make your plan even less desirable. And employees make the choice to go over there. So uh, can you because because people say this to me all the time. I love the idea of government health care system. What's wrong with that? So I just go in anytime I want. Um, I never pay a bill. I don't even think about it. The government's running it. What's the downside? Well, I just read, I was just reading a study this morning, actually, before I even started texting with you. Um, latest study, now op-ed in the Wall Street Journal penned by the Cato Institute. Medicaid alone is now at least at 20% waste, fraud, and abuse. So one-fifth of every dollar we're spending. And that, just for Medicaid, is, is, is roughly $75 billion per year. So it, it's, it's okay if you're reasonably healthy and you you have simple needs and you don't, you don't have really complicated needs where you need to get in to see a specialist right now. Socialized medicine works reasonably well. It's, it's like the French economy, you know, nobody's really rich and everybody's just kind of in the middle, except for the Uber rich bureaucrats who run the country, but that's a different story. So it's here. It's, it's the whole impetus of the country, right? I mean, we're not seeing a trend towards individual responsibility, uh, in our college campuses, in our tech industry, we're seeing more socialization and more cooperate, cooperate, cooperation uh, as as kind of the impetus here. And that'll be how medicine goes. And you'll see you'll see older doctors retiring. You'll see a brain drain because they're all going to get paid less. And and you'll have the longer wait times. And you'll have the the less specialized coverage at the higher end. I mean, again, economically speaking, your brightest and best in in kids going into college, deciding to go into medical school, will probably opt for more of those industries where uh, they can actually be paid with their worth and not be be shuffled into a, a giant governmental bureaucracy. I just have never understood what the counter argument is to look at the DMV. Why won't health care be like the DMV? Right. Or look at the VA. Why won't my health care be like the yeah. VA? What's the argument against that? I wish I knew, Jack. Yeah. I, re- I really did. I, I, I really wish I knew that because we're seeing it. Like I said, college campuses, tech industry. You, you mentioned something about the high deductibles, and it's like this is why I, it, me being in this industry, it doesn't make me happy to say this, but we're doomed because the, the, there's two approaches to healthcare here. We're at a turning point, and the two approaches are, one, Bernie Sanders, Elizabeth Warren, socialize everything and just have this kind of mediocrity, mediocrity for everybody. Or two, let's go more individual responsibility, less third-party payment. So let's have these $5,000 deductibles, but let's put tax policy in place that incentivizes individuals to save for their own health care with pre-tax dollars. 
what do you think is is leading right, right. now in the right. country? Right. You know, right. I mean, that's just not the winning argument, and that's what needs to happen in order for this to get better. Well, you have been saying for I think as long as we've been having you on the air that you you think, uh, you know, government healthcare healthcare socialized medicine is coming. It's just a matter of when. You still believe that? I assume. Yeah, I, I actually think that if um, if 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 Trump loses the next election, I think about twenty by twenty twenty eight after two terms of a Democrat, I think will be socialized. If Trump wins the election, I think it just buys us maybe two more years, twenty thirty. Wow, and we'll be socialized because I think whoever comes after Trump. Um, it's going to be a Democrat. I mean, it would be unprecedented sure. to have it not be a Democrat sure. at that point. And then you're you're going to just need about six years to get it there. <laughs> Unless, again, a, a, some catastrophic change, some some massive depression, some war, something crazy could come that, that really changes the way we think about personal responsibility versus government cooperation. Um, and maybe that's not the right word. Maybe I should say government coercion. Um, I, I just think that's the best direction we're headed. And I don't see... I don't see any way out now. Um, Trump is look, he's, he's a brute. Yeah. Some of the stuff he does is completely out of line. It's not perfect by any means, but he's making the right steps in healthcare, just sort of like he's making the right steps in trade policy with China. It's ugly. It's not perfect. It's way overdue, but there's hope if he gets reelected, there is hope. Some of this stuff does turn back toward individual responsibility. So we got to let you go. Craig Gottwalls, explain to us why somebody would want to go to uh, your website, BenefitRevolution.com. Uh, Benefit-Revolution.com. You know, I just I, I keep I keep up to date on this stuff. I post the things that I find the most interesting. Um, we've got a catalog of our old segments together there. And, of course, you can always find me on Twitter. I'm there as well. Um, that's uh, I don't even know my Twitter handle. I guess I probably should when I do things like this. Huh? At Ben Revolution, <laughs> at B-E-N-E Revolution. Any revolution, there it is. Uh, yeah, and um, if you may, if you run a business or anything like that, and you got health core questions, this is the guy to get a hold of. Benefit Revolution dot com. Craig Gottwalls, thanks for coming on today. Appreciate it. Thank you, Jack. It's not the most inspiring uh, discussion you're ever going to have, since he thinks it's inevitable that we end up a full government health care, and it'll the whole health care system. We like the VA. People dying and not getting the coverage they want. And, oh, God, the cost of it will just be insane because nobody's paying attention to what anything costs. It's all just one big pile of taxpayer money. Uh, well, that was depressing. I got something that is not depressing coming up next. An 82-year-old woman who beat the hell out of someone. Stay tuned on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. So I'm still intrigued on how you can hire these celebrities to what all can I get them to do? Uh, you give them, you tell them what you want them to say, and there's probably some things that they won't say, right? Like you can't get them to probably start quoting from Mein Kampf or something like that. But uh, within reason, you can get them to send anniversary wishes, get well soon, uh, happy birthday. Sorry, you just got fired. You know, all sorts of things. So if for some reason I knew, I'm trying to find a good example. For some reason, if I knew somebody who was sick, like Joe, I wonder if Joe would really appreciate it if I gave Billy Baldwin $100 to call him and say, heard about your hip. Hope you get well soon. 
Billy Baldwin calling in. That'd be pretty funny to do. <laughs> Billy Baldwin, Tom Arnold, Iona Sky, who was in a popular movie 35 years ago. Uh, they're all about 100 bucks. God, there's there's some real D-listers here. Man. Oh, yeah. I think... Uh, Where's I, the real celebrities on the list? Uh, well, they range in prices from about, I think, as low Stormy as... Stormy Daniels. I should have Stormy Daniels call Joe and, and wish him well. 250 bucks. That would be hilarious. That would be pretty funny. But yeah, they, as cheap as five bucks all the way up to, like, I think three grand is the most expensive one they have. And there's reviews on here. You absolutely stole the show on my dad's 70th birthday. That's a review of Stormy Daniels calling someone's dad on their birthday. <laughs> pretty funny. So the reason why this kind of popped up again in the news, this has been this this particular app cameo has been around for a while. But they uh Mark McGrath of Sugarland fame. Are you, are you familiar? Barely. Uh you'd recognize him by the frosted tips <laughs> and the uh the spiked uh, bracelets. But somebody hired him to break up with their boyfriend via this app. So <laughs> that's uh that that's how this kind of popped up again. I guess it was oh, the first time that. somebody had used that uh particular message to be sent. And it was making uh, making quite the rounds. We have a little okay. bit of, of a clip okay. from it here. Cheyenne is trying to let you know, Braden, that it's very, very tough for her to stay in this relationship. She still cares about you a lot. You never know what the future may hold. And she wants you to know, good luck on your thesis coming up. Probably not the best timing, Cheyenne, when he's doing his thesis. But I understand. But Cheyenne cares about you enough to let you know that she's thinking about you. But the long distance. All right, thing that's is just enough out of difficult. you, Mark McGrath. I'll pay you more if you don't talk quite so long. Um, there's some funny ones on here. The the bottom end of uh, of what the costs are the twenty dollar versions. So for fifty bucks, you can get Cato Kalen, O.J. Simpson's uh, live-in friend, to call somebody. That'd be pretty funny. Ken Bone, the guy in the red sweater who asked a question to Hillary Clinton at a debate. Now we're talking. $20. I think he would come to your house and wash your car for $20. Hey, I hear it's your birthday. I like it. (laughs) (laughs) That's an inside joke, but if you know it, it's pretty darn funny. Uh, Have Jose Canseco call somebody for a couple hundred dollars. Oh, man. For some reason. That's pretty funny. Brett Favre, 500 bucks to call somebody. Hmm. I would have thought he's above that. You could get five Billy Baldwins for one Brett Favre. <laughs> yeah. That sounds about right. Yeah. Um, so we got, <laughs> this, we got this uh, 82-year-old woman who who beat up an intruder. We're going to play that for you later this hour. It's pretty dang entertainment. That'll probably be in about 20 minutes or so. What do you got coming up in your news, Marshall Phillips? Well, President Trump has weighed in on the judge's order. His aides must testify. You got Facebook. They have got a real deal for you. Just answer this. And the Super Bowl proving its mighty prowess once again. Coming up. Came across this story. The California Department of Motor Vehicles, so the DMV in the nation's biggest state, is generating revenue off of your driver's license information. They're selling that to people. They made $50 million a year off just selling your private information to people. That That cannot be possibly legal, can it? Yes. Can they sell yes. my private information? Yes. Wow, that's amazing. The government is now taking your information. That is mandatory that you give them. You don't have a chance, a choice, and then they sell it to people. Oh, that sucks. So I get robocalls because I got a driver's license. Not even that. There's uh, reports that some of these DMVs are selling it to private investigators. Wow. Uh, Not yeah. cool. Armstrong and Getty. <laughs> 
Not sure I can describe a cartoon that will make it funny. It's funny when I looked at it and read it. It's a turkey looking at his cell phone to check the weather. And the mm-hmm, turkey looks mm-hmm. at the weather and it says for Thursday, temp, 350 degrees. And the turkey says, that can't be right. <laughs> it's a turkey who doesn't have the awareness that that, uh, that temperature is a reference to him being good. <laughs> Next segment, I'll read you my favorite Doonesbury strip. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You know, the guy who wrote Dilbert, he keeps popping up on TV. He was on Tucker, Tucker Carlson Interesting last night. dude. Very interesting yeah. dude. Dilbert was a great cartoon. It was yeah. one of the great all-time cartoons. Back when he got in at the very end of newspapers. How do you, you can't get something like that going anymore, right? You, you, you couldn't become a gazillionaire like that. I don't know how you would. Right. Newspapers were an opportunity where if you got into a syndicated, you know, a big newspaper right. group right. all over the country, you got t-shirts and shows and calendars and all that sort of stuff. I don't, I don't know if you can do that anymore. Uh, news now with Marsha Phillips. Well, President Trump has tweeted about a federal judge's ruling that he does not have the authority to keep key staffers from testifying after they're subpoenaed by Congress. This is, by the way, a battle, a regular ongoing battle between White Houses and Congress yes. over the years. This is not a new Trump invention. The Obama administration uh, fought to keep Fast and Furious people from testifying. You don't want... The Vin Diesel movies? <laughs> and there's a reason for it. It's like attorney-client privilege. Right. You you don't want advisors giving advice to the president in private thinking uh, at some point this is going to come out what I said. You want to be able to have it private. Otherwise, nobody's going to give honest advice. And that's the reason for it. Now, whether that applies in this situation, I'm fine with the courts deciding it. I think if you have a real impeachment uh, proceedings going, I can understand why the courts would say, no, no, they they got to be able to call whoever they want to talk to. On the other hand, is this a real impeachment proceeding? That's that's one of the things the court's looking at. Trump was tweeting, quote, I'd love to have Mike Pompeo, Rick Perry, Mick Mulvaney, and many others testify about the phony impeachment hoax. It is a democratic scam that is going nowhere, but future presidents should in no way be compromised. What has happened to me should never happen to another president, exclamation point, end of quote. So as uh, Jack was saying, yes, this has uh, occurred in the past, and other presidents have said, no, my uh, senior aides are not going to testify. Meanwhile, Meanwhile, after weeks of impeachment hearings, recent polls are showing support is actually falling, especially among independents for impeachment. Trump advisor Kellyanne Conway pointing out... Their star witnesses did not provide the star power and I think the answers they were looking for. They're talking about the Democrats. Numerous reports are showing a number of moderate Dems may vote against taking the impeachment proceedings any further, not wanting to risk their chances of getting re-elected in 2020. And as I said earlier, Politico and Morning Consult did a poll. They asked independents. They gave them 11 issues to rank their interest in. All kinds of different stuff. The debt, climate, health care. They put impeachment on the list. It finished 11th out of 11 at the very bottom. While 74% are worried about health care, only 37%, for instance, are worried about impeachment at the very bottom of the list. Now, it's going to be really very interesting to see. I'm sure that Adam Schiff and Nancy Pelosi are going around talking to uh, their peers in the House and trying to figure right. out, okay, what How are many we, we got going? Yeah, because uh, counting the votes is what it's all about. Another matter, Facebook is unveiling a new market research app 
that will pay users to take surveys to help improve the social media outlet. The company says the app called Facebook Viewpoints will help improve all of the company's platforms. It will also only be available to users who have a Facebook account, and it will require the user to provide additional personal information about themselves, including date of birth, gender, email, country of residence, etc., etc. Uh, once you give up that information, then you will be able to start answering other surveys, and the Facebook and Facebook will pay you for them. Fantastic. Facebook's. I think this is going to be the future of what we know as kind of the the big tech data collection stuff. Is they're going to be more transparent and they're going to spread out the money in some small ways to the people whose data is being collected. And they think with a little bit of incentive, we'll willingly give it over. Oh, which I, they're probably right. I, I would yeah. sign up for that in a heartbeat. Right there, you go. Meanwhile, and I don't trust Facebook at all. But the the idea of doing something that's probably already right. being done to me right. mm-hmm. at least now i get uh, you know 20 bucks at the end of the month right. or whatever you're sharing in the well yeah yeah got Super- this text good joke temp 350 degrees see there's somebody who got the joke <laughs> really enjoyed my telling of the comic strip joke you, you really painted the picture <laughs> oh yeah theater of the mind exactly theater of the mind Super Bowl ads are selling out at record rates fox announced it has sold all 77 commercial slots for the game the network uh, picks up a record five... To me, that means you didn't charge enough Yeah, you sold them out now. Well, they uh, charged $5.5 million for some of the 30-second spots. It's the first time in five years that all the commercials for the game have been sold out this soon. I heard a really fun conspiracy theory the other day that I have no proof for, but I'm already 100% behind, that the the push towards instant replay in all sports is a, is a way to jam more commercials into broadcasts. Uh... Oh, gotcha! Just makes it longer. I can believe yep. that. That's one of the. It's one of the things that made me get out of sports. I freaking hate reviewing calls. It just takes all the fun out of it to me. The, apparently, the early evidence is there's very little data that suggests ratings go down when games are longer. Okay. So, so anything then, then, they do yeah. to make the games longer to get more commercials in, in their eyes, is a okay. benefit. If the rest of you all are okay with it, I hate the big touchdown score. Yes, all right. No, it's going to be reviewed. And then 15 minutes, it is a touchdown. Yes, all right. I just, I don't like the momentum <laughs> yeah, of it. Yeah. That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips, the Armstrong and Getty Show, the conscience of the nation. And something else I was going to say. Oh, uh, uh, I just saw a text, uh, a report from Politico. Maybe I'll dig that up. But I want to make sure we have plenty of time for this old woman who beat up an intruder. That's a darn good story. Uh, and she's a colorful old gal. When it's we- no turkey checking a smartphone but you know it's <laughs> right it's pretty good right. 350 degrees on thursday that can't be right <laughs> um uh, we got some stuff that are looks back at the last decade yes we are just a few weeks away mm-hmm. now from the 20s the roaring 20s yes. and uh we'll look back at the past decade and we'll probably do that in december when we come back here but one of them that i was looking at the the 10 years in apps the whole app phenomenon is really of this past decade. Yeah. Smartphone came out in around 06, 07 and you know started to really catch on. Right. But the whole app thing didn't really explode until the 10s. And that's a, that was a game changer for just the way a lot of the world worked. Um, taking in our newspapers that right. way and all that sort of stuff. A monumental decade in the, in the way we change our lives. you know, And then the suicide rate going up and the opioid use and all that sort of stuff. It's really interesting and it all fits together. It'll be something for historians to um, look in over the years. Of course, we have a world war. Nobody will remember any of that stuff. 
Um, so this old woman who beat up the intruder, this is worth hearing. We got that coming up next on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. So I want to get to this 82-year-old woman who beat up an intruder. It's pretty entertaining and funny, but I came across this political article that just came out a few hours ago, Waiting for Obama, and it's pretty interesting. It's about how all the candidates, um, it's something you feel like you have to do, I guess, is to go get, not his blessing, but to uh, consult with Barack Obama before you run, and that he gives fairly blunt uh, opinions of your chances and, and advice on running and that sort of stuff. Barack Obama, who is by far in polls the most popular democrat in america and he's the second most admired person in the world it didn't say on the list who is number one who do you suppose number one is trump getting um i don't know who's number one on the list if you're gonna guess probably some soccer star that that we're vaguely aware of i don't know but anyway um uh, and I, kind of an interesting article, uh, but Neil Patrick Harris, he sings, he dances, <laughs> comedy, five tool talent. What's not to like? Alex Baldwin. Uh, further down in this article, uh, it talks about how Barack Obama had who'd said he's going to stay out of the race. He's not going to put his thumb on the scale. He's not going to say anything publicly, and he doesn't want to influence one way or the other. There is one potential exception, says Politico. Back when Sanders seemed like more of a threat than he does now. Obama said privately that if Bernie were running away with the nomination, Obama would speak up to stop him. Asked about that, a spokesman for Obama pointed out that Obama recently said he would support whoever the nominee is, which means he did say that, because that's not a denial. That's Mm -hmm. a, I will support whoever the nominee is, Um, which fits in with Mark Halperin's reporting that Barack Obama and Bill Clinton think Bernie and Elizabeth are unelectable. That's really interesting stuff. I, I don't know how this is going to play out. As it gets closer and closer, does Obama actually... Oh, Obama has said a couple of things this past week that were pointed critiques of Bernie and Elizabeth Warren, so I'm surprised by that. Anyway, Joe Getty joins the show. Joe Getty? What? Hey, everybody. Hey, I'm back. What brings you back, Joe? Groggier than ever. Hmm. I don't know. I got the idea that uh, you guys were kind of, well, frankly, going through the motions. No, so I thought well, I would... we actually got something good we got to play that I've teased so many times I have to play it. Have you heard the old woman who beat up the intruder? I just saw the headline. You should stay on the line for this. We'll play it. So this is, um, and uh, and we can stop it anytime you want to jo- jump in with a comment. Uh, this is an 82-year-old woman, and an intruder came into her, her place. This is all you need to know. The young man is in my home. Broke the door. And you know what? It's kind of semi-dark, and I'm alone, and I'm old, but guess what? I'm tough. And you want to know what happens? He picked the wrong house to break into. I took that table, and I went to working on him, and guess what? The table broke, and it had metal legs, and I'm jugging him, jugging him, jugging him. <laughs> and when he's down, I'm jumping on him. Ah, uh, ah, uh, ah. Uh. And the telephone is still on for 911. I'm running in the kitchen. There's a bottle of baby shampoo on the table. I grab the shampoo, and guess what? He's what? still on the ground. 
in his face, all of it, the whole thing. And he's, he's trying to get up, and he's pulling. And I got the broom, and he's pulling the broom. And I'm hitting him. I'm hitting him with the broom. Hitting I'm him. juking him. And guess what? what? He wants to get the heck out of there. And I'm trying to help him get out of the house. But he's too heavy. I can't move him. He's dead weight. <laughs> and at that time, uh, the police arrive on the porch. And the house is already open, so they come in. He's laying down already, because I had really did a number on that man. I'm serious. I'm serious. Having been oh. juking him. Oh, he's juking him oh. like crazy. And you want to know something? I think he was happy when he went in the ambulance, because I sent him in the ambulance. Yes, I did. Yeah, yeah. She's, eight, she's 82 years old. Uh. She's five feet tall. Wow. And she weighs 100 pounds. And she was juking him. Oh, yeah. With the with table the, legs. With she's the metal legs. Juking him. Juking him. Juking him. <laughs> I was jumping up and down. Uh. 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 You know, the, 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 the No Tears baby shampoo was not the most effective weapon. <laughs> but, but the table leg was a pretty good one. Well, I tell you what, if you had a face full of that, though, it would be disconcerting at least. So uh, I understand. Oh, Any weapon you have at hand. In the broom. How many times do you think the cop mentioned to the guy as they were arresting him that he got handled by an 82-year-old? Yeah, she weighs 100 pounds. She's 5 feet tall there. Tough guy. Yeah, wow. Hey, I wow. just got juked. Do I, you don't need to make fun of me. But guess what? I'm tough. Yeah. Well, how many times uh, can she juke him before it's, you know, uh, aggressive? She's a, before she's committed an assault. She's a weightlifter. She was on the Today Show a year ago because she's some sort of old-timey weightlifter person. Wow. Yeah, she is, she's a an 82-year-old hobbyist powerlifter. <laughs> and she beat the crap out of this guy. Dude, you literally... Chose the last octogenarian on earth <laughs> that you should have been trying to victimize. Just to take that as a message. She's, and I'm juking him. Yeah. Juking him. Oh, yeah. Juking right, him. Right. <laughs> what else are you going to do? Uh, uh, uh. Yes. Oh. <laughs> anyway. I like the idea of somebody tries to victimize an old person, they get the bejesus beat yeah. out of them. Yeah. I don't care who does it. I just like that idea. I'm thinking that guy in jail is not going to tell people what happened to him. Nah, parking can't. tickets, I just let him get out of control. I and... think he'll have a different story. Well, he'll, he'll have the marks of a good, solid jugan on him for a <laughs> long time. I got beat up by an 82-year-old. An 82-year-old woman, as a matter of fact. Beautiful, beautiful. Hey, since our last conversation, I had I, I'm not used to... Knowing what time it is, we got a minute. Yeah, um, when you were talking about how independent voters, you know, they asked them eleven different things, and impeachment finished eleventh on the "What do you care about" yeah. scale. Well, it's funny. I was just reading about some of the legal wranglings with Don McGahn and how the judge said that the judge is uh, anyway, um, but said, "Yeah, you you got to testify." And and the Democrats are like, "Well, we're going to go ahead anyway." Mm-hmm. Uh, so they don't care. It's just going through the motions. I think there's there's at least one Democrat on the record that has come out and said, I'm against this. I'm trying to push for censure. I think they're caving. I think Nancy's counting votes and thinking, oh, crap. Yeah. I mean, you're not going to wait, what, three weeks till Don McGahn gets a chance to come around and tell what he knows? That's just, please, it's just so obvious what's going on. Well, it cut didn't it, work cut out, it out. Didn't work out the way they thought it would. McGahn sounds like an old-timey saying of, of well, did you see the McGahns on that one, huh? <laughs> I, I've been thinking that all day. I probably should have kept that nice. to myself, but you probably nice. should. 
Well, the Democrats are just giving the the Constitution a jugging. Exactly. They're jugging it and jugging it. Do you think she meant... And I'm jugging him, jugging him, jugging him. You think she means she's poking him or hitting him? Poking him with the with the table leg. Jugging. And I'm jugging him, jugging him, jugging him. Ah. Jugging. Ah. I don't know. I'm I'm completely unfamiliar with that one. <laughs> I'm picturing a poking. Yeah. Jabbing. Yeah. 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 yeah, I think jabbing. Yeah, there you go. There you go. She's got some guns, too. She could be the world champion 82-year-old woman boxer. No mm. doubt about it. But guess I don't want to watch I'm that. Tough. <laughs> I don't want to watch that either. Here we go. Armstrong and Getty announced the boarding of the Final Thoughts Express. Wow, we can actually have, for final thoughts, our host, Joe Getty. Joe? Hey, everybody. Let's get a final thought from everybody on the crew. There he is, our esteemed newsman, Marshall Phillips. I am looking forward to Thanksgiving. I'm getting a new set of tires for Thanksgiving. <laughs> wow, fantastic. Yes. That is, uh, it's, uh, life is juking you, if that's the, <laughs> that's, that's the way things are going. Very festive. There he is, our producer, <laughs> Positive Sean. Sean, final thought? Yes, particularly grateful to be able to spend this Thanksgiving with my mom, who, because of her job, we don't always get to do, so I'm going to very much enjoy this Thursday. Excellent. That's nice. Hey, Michelangelo, press the buttons in the control room. Final thought? Okay, I'll pull my annual uh, Thanksgiving Day prank that I always do. I put a bunch of fake food on the table, then I tip over the table. Everybody gets upset, then I bring out the real meal from the back. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. Holiday classic. Hilarious, (laughs) if elaborate. Uh, Jack, a final thought for us. I don't know why this just popped into my head, but if you like the TV show Friends, they were legendary for their Thanksgiving episodes. Go through with your friends all the seasons of Friends and watch the Thanksgiving episodes. That'd be a good binge watch. I am going to eat so much on Thursday. I'm going to be lying on the floor moaning. Love the Friends idea. Hey, my final thought, and I'll talk about this more when I come back for good, but um, the the things they can do for you, medically speaking, these days are miraculous. I mean, the state of medical science in the United States is awe-inspiring. We don't want to tear it down and turn it into a government program. We're going yeah, to. Do, do we need reform? Uh, do we need uh, ways for people who don't have money to access care? Let's talk about that. But the idea that we need to fundamentally restructure it and remove the incentives and disincentives of the free market is a terrible idea. Did you hear our segment with Craig? It's going to happen in either Dear. eight or ten years. Well, yeah, it's going to happen if you don't fight it. You gotta juke it and juke it. You gotta be juking it. (laughs) Now you gotta jump on it. Uh, uh, uh. Pour the shampoo in its eyes. Yeah, I'm juking him. Juking him. Armstrong and Getty wrapping up another (laughs) grueling four hour workday. You ever been to that uh, juking him museum in New York? Mm. Or is that pronounced Guggenheim? So many people, thanks for a little time. Go to ArmstrongandGetty.com. A lot of great clicks for you. Yeah, in our store where you can get Armstrong and Getty merch. Go to armstrongandgetty.com. We even got this little uh, cool speaker. You can hook up to your phone and listen to the show. Woo-hoo. See you Monday. God bless America. You having a good time? Okay, I, I did not say okay. that. I've sat here for over three hours and 15 minutes. <laughs> that sucks. If you wish to leave, you may. Let me just say how very, very dismaying and disappointing. Not uh, good. And just change the channel from this mesmerizing horror show. We'll be better tomorrow than we were today. Then we heard the words. It's over for me. Adios, mofo. Okay, so we're, we're, you're, we're dismissed, is that correct? Do you want to rephrase uh, what you're doing? And I'm jugging him, jugging him, jugging him. Armstrong and Getty. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets 
and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleh Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s... I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. Work is changing, we are changing, and there's no guidebook for how to make sense of it. Start your week with the Hello Monday podcast. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.